My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh Outweigh everything that I'm made of Won't spend my life trying to change I'm learning to love who I am I get strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the new while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Welcome back, Outway fam. Lisa and Amy here. Just a little quick intro before we get into our episode with Danielle Wilson. And this episode is really rich in how we can bring emotional strength to physical strength when it comes to training and working out and becoming stronger in our physical bodies. That being said, as we were kind of walking through it, it just jogged a memory in me that I'm not sure I've ever really spoken about. And I wanted to share it with you. And that was the time in my life after my very restrictive eating took place that I got very focused on fitness and performance and glute size and how many reps I could do. And it was under this new guise of health. And I was doing things like Spartan races, which are these three hour intense things. And even though I wasn't as focused anymore on eating very little or shrinking my body in the same way, I really 
can look back and see how my obsessive, not compassionate nature kind of just shifted into something new, something a little bit more palatable for other people even. You know, people would love to say, wow, you look so fit. You look so strong. And I thrived off of that for a while before I was able to recognize, okay, well, can you even take a rest day? Why are you scared to take a rest day? And I'd push myself and push myself. So Amy and I were just talking a little bit about this. I was sharing that story with her. And Danielle kind of just reminded me of a time in my life when I took what could be a positive relationship to exercise. And because of my history, I really got obsessive about it. Amy, have you ever been there or you can't relate to this at all? (laughs) Oh, no, I can relate. I did uh, a marathon in college and I really honestly did it so I could lose weight. I thought, oh my gosh, after I get done training for this marathon, I'm probably going to be so skinny. Well, I wasn't. I ended up using every moment to carbo load like crazy. My body hated me. I reacted in such a way that when I finished the race, I was the puffiest person you have ever seen because my body was not built to run marathons. I just was not. Other people, yeah, maybe. For me personally, I got a knee injury early on. I had to do training in the water, but I was determined. Now, I will say mentally it helped me because I did set a goal and I wanted to finish it. And I think that following through with goals is important. However, I did not listen to my body. I pushed Mm. through because I kept chasing the dream of being skinnier from running. I never got that runner's body that I envisioned. And so, Mm. yeah, I totally relate to exactly what you just said, Lisa. And I think that it's not that running a marathon is bad, but you got to check yourself. What's your real motivation? Why are you doing it? Does running make you happy? Like, is that something Mm. that really brings you joy? And maybe it does. For some people, there's this high they get and this that's what they want to do. We're not saying that it's bad if you do marathons. But then I found myself doing the same exact thing when I was out of college. I got into triathlons mainly because I thought, oh, wow, okay, this will be easier on my knee. I can swim, bike and run. And guess what? I'll probably lose weight. And let me tell y'all in the marathon and then later in the triathlons, because I did multiple, I never lost weight. And then it caused this whole mental thing because I was in it 100% for the wrong reason. And I don't think I would have admitted to you at the time that I was in it to lose weight. I would not have. Now, looking back, I can tell you that wholeheartedly. It's why I was doing it. So then I had this horrible relationship with myself because I was so angry at the fact that I was putting in all this work and training all the time and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. But my body was responding to what I was putting it through and I wasn't happy and I wasn't enjoying it. So I just want you, yeah, when you get into this episode, I think it'll, it may cause you to reflect when you're working out, why are you doing it? What is the motivation? And is it so that you can like feel good and connect with your body and feel strong, mind, body, and spirit? Or do you always have this lingering, oh, it's going to help me lose weight goal? Because that's going to get you nowhere. And because Amy and I are super transparent with our background and obsessive nature, and if you're a listener, you can probably relate to either Amy's story or some of mine or one of the guests that we've had on, that 
a program like a lot of the things that I see online, not, I've actually never done Danielle's program, so I can't speak to that one. But a lot of the ones that I see online that were very trendy for a long time, I know straight up that that's not a good fit for me. Even though they talk about body positivity in some light, I know that that's not for me. And I just want you to listen and make sure that whatever you do, whether it's going to a class or not, or going to the gym or not, or running a marathon or whatever it is, that you check in with yourself and say, am I being obsessive or am I doing this for the right reasons? And mm-hmm. I think that there's so much to Danielle's story that I absolutely love, especially, you know, her story about how young she was when she started thinking about her body differently. And she brings so much wisdom to how our emotions play a role with our physical strength. And I think just learning how to figure out that balance within ourselves is kind of the job we all have. Yeah. And I love that Danielle is, is is a coach and a trainer that wants to to motivate you from the inside and wants you to believe in yourself. So hopefully that's what you take away from today's episode. And then you just reflect on why you're doing whatever it is you're currently doing for your body. What what does your body need? Do check-ins, daily check-ins with yourself. What does my body need today? Love that. All right, let's jump in. Welcome back to Outway. We've got myself, we've got Amy, and we've got an amazing guest, Danielle Wilson, today. And Danielle's an athlete turned trainer on the Tone and Sculpt app. But what I love about Danielle, what drew me in, is that fitness to you and the way you talk about fitness is a way to boost your confidence and your mental strength rather than being just about the pounds and the inches. So we're so excited to hear your story of how you came to really shift your mindset and make fitness such a positive place in your personal life and your career. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to jump into it with you guys. So you were a gymnast your entire life, right? Yes. I started gymnastics when I was two years old. So I have been, you know, tumbling really since I could walk. So yes. And a lot of our audience comes from a background of also being an athlete since they were very young, whether they started at two, maybe not. But, you know, for most of their life, they're spending a lot of times training. And a result of being an athlete is oftentimes your body doesn't fit the traditional media mold of what is beautiful. So for you as a gymnast, did you feel like that was a personal struggle that you went through? Absolutely. I think especially in a sport like gymnastics, when your body, you know, is kind of, it's the main thing that you're putting on display during competition. It is something that at a very young age, I became concerned about. And, you know, I remember with my mom, like tearful conversations with my mom, not understanding why God gave me such broad shoulders or why I had, you know, such strong arms. I honestly, I used to call them man arms, which, you know, looking back, that's just so sad to even hear my younger self say, but absolutely, you know, looking at magazines and everything and you being the complete opposite of what everything is telling you is beautiful, what is um, the gold standard of what you should look like as a young girl. Also, growing up in a predominantly white area, I'm the only little black girl on the gymnastics team. I'm just completely different from everybody around me. So, you know, especially growing up when all you want to do is fit in and feel beautiful, finding those things and finding that beauty in yourself was absolutely something that I struggled with for sure. And being a gymnast, you're in a leotard 
very early on. That certainly doesn't make it easy. I know when I was two, three, four, five, I was not thinking about what my body looked like in a leotard. Do you have really early memories of that already being an issue for you? Yeah, you know, I was I was always pretty petite, slender, muscular. I would like I hate to say petite because I wasn't petite. I was definitely like this little brick house of a girl. I was very muscular, broad. And at that time, my body was fighting me. I was always supposed to be tall. I'm 5'11". And the the best gymnasts in the world are 4'11". You know, so my body was fighting me in that sport. Uh, My dad was a professional athlete. So I've always kind of had this bigger, you know, broader, more muscular frame. One thing that I will say, possible trigger warning for anyone out there, we did get weighed in um, monthly. So as a little girl, I, we would all line up in our leotards and get weighed in in front of our entire team because I was the tallest on the team. I was always the heaviest. And while that never really, it never took me to the point of, you know, altering my food patterns and eating patterns or things, things like that. It was something that was prevalent that I, you know, would come home and not understand why I was so much heavier all the time. So yeah, definitely early memories of worrying about my weight. I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to, not that they were gymnasts, but because of their sport, they felt they needed to be a certain weight. But I remember watching Athlete A on Netflix and feeling so awful specifically for the gymnasts because of the pressure or you think of dancers or ballerinas and like they have to weigh a certain amount according to their teacher or their coach or whomever and they're willing to sacrifice and do whatever they have to do to make sure that they're there that goal and I can't imagine as a kid I I was I probably put that pressure on myself I weighed myself all the time so I don't know what it's like to have a coach or somebody weigh you all the time and tell you like, this is what you need to be. So then therefore, did you see girls around you that would try to find ways to drop weight quickly? I don't think so. I don't want to like, it wasn't ever really out and exposed. Um, I don't think it it was something that no one really talked about, which is honestly even a little bit more disturbing because I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. I know for me personally, the only way that I was able to be okay with the weighing in front of the team was the fact that I did have one coach that always told me, you know what, like you are so strong. Like you are so powerful there, you know, there's all these awful sayings, like, especially in gymnastics, when you're younger, you hear these awful sayings, like fat people don't go as high when you're tumbling and just terrible things, things that you would never want to say to a little girl. who All she wants to do is, you know, be this phenomenal tumbler and go to the Olympics, you know? So for me, I never saw any, you know, disordered behavior like out in the light, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it wasn't going on behind the scenes by any means. But for me, I really was able to hold on to the idea of like, I, yes, like I might be heavy, but I'm powerful and I'm so strong. And I, that kind of has been ingrained in me through my parents and through one of my coaches that always kind of continuously reminded me of that because I I was a very small, I wish I could show you some pictures of what I looked like. I was a tiny package, 
but there was a lot of muscle mass packed in that tiny package. So I just weighed more. I'm glad you brought up that your parents were a a good encouragement for you during that time, because we have a lot of moms that listen to this. And I think that they can hear you say that and then be reminded to make sure if they've got kids that are in a certain sport or doing gymnastics or dance or cheerleading or whatever, that they make sure and have some conversations when their kids get home from practice and like see how they're really feeling and what's going on inside of them and make sure that they know that they are strong and they are amazing. Because I mean, who knows? Our kids are just off at school and doing these sports and we don't know how they're being spoken to and they may not come home and really share it with us. Right. It was one of those things where we just kind of lined up and they would write the number, they would look at our bodies move the little scale thing back and forth. I would, I do remember looking at that and always just hoping that I would be able to move it down a little. Do you remember those scales where it kind of like balanced out? I would remember always like wishing that she could tap that little thing a little bit farther down so I could get a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter. So that was something that I do. Now that I'm thinking about it, I just got a flashback of that. But yeah, that for you is a flashback to your childhood. But so many people listening right now, that was the reality for them, maybe even this morning. And, and And again, put on themselves. So how do you encourage women and people and clients that you work with to not get fixated on the scale going down that direction. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason I don't even have a scale in my house today. I used to, I would say, you know, it was, that wasn't just a one and done thing in childhood. It was all throughout high school, all throughout college, even when I transitioned to cheerleading, um, that was still, you know, you're in a, a little uniform in front of a crowd. Um, that was always still something that was on my mind, even after, even maybe even more so after I stopped playing sports, because, you know, I don't have to go to practice anymore. I don't have a coach telling me exactly what to do in the gym. So I'm even more worried about my weight going up now, since I don't have that activity that I used to with my sport. So one of the main things that I try to ingrain in my, especially my tone and sculpt athletes, day one, before you ever start a program with me, you do a benchmark performance test. That test is how I want you to start to shift your brain from solely a mindset of what my body looks like to what my body is able to do and what my body is able to achieve. So day one, we're testing lower body strength, core strength, upper body strength, endurance. So then one, you know your why going throughout the program, right? You understand why you're doing all these workouts, but you know, eight weeks down the line, 16 weeks down the line, after you finish this program, you have real numbers of performance, real other ways to quantify progress rather than solely just seeing a number drop on a scale. No, we want to see these numbers increase. We want to see our lower body strength increase. We want to see our upper body strength increase. Um, So really being able to switch that mindset from what my body solely looks like, what it weighs, what the things are I want to change about it to, no, I'm so grateful that I'm One, I was able to get up today and move. And two, I can see my body getting stronger and the confidence that that gives you when you can see the numbers going up for your performance, that is when that that light bulb goes off. Like, this is it, this is it. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. 
I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I feel like for you, the physical strength and the emotional strength kind of go chicken and egg. Like, is it your physical strength that's bringing you emotional strength or is it your emotional strength that's helping you get physically stronger? But for a time being, after you left college, you no longer had your coaches to tell you what to do and nowhere to show up for trainings, all that stuff. Did you then find that because you didn't have that physical strength on an ongoing basis to check in to find your powerhouse, if you will, the one way you've kind of been taught. How did you find your emotional strength during that time? For a period, I wouldn't have to admit that I was lost. Um, I would have to say after college was kind of the first three years out of college was a very weird experience. More kind of fell into possibly unhealthier behaviors with alcohol and things like that. But, you know, there was a point and I, I strictly remember this. It was after St. Patrick's Day, which is, you know, a a heavily uh, inebriated holiday in Chicago, we'll say. And, you know, I woke up the next morning and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I don't recognize this person. Like, who is this person? And that was kind of one of those moments where it was like, okay, I'm going to give myself some time to feel this emotion, feel what this feels like to not feel like myself. I'm going to give myself some time to be sick of feeling this way. And the next day, you know, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. So, you know, it really came down to a decision of being sick of feeling a certain way about myself and understanding that I'm the only one who has the power to change that for myself and really stepping into my power and making a, a better decision each day. And every day, you know, I'm not saying from there on out, it was perfect because that's not, that's just not the case. Ebbs and flows with every journey for sure. But, you know, it really was a mindset shift of, okay, how, what can I do to get back to feeling like me again, since the athlete piece was now missing? How can I bring that athlete back? Do you feel like we all have athlete inside of us because even if we're really not athletes (laughs) absolutely no honestly and I've I've had this conversation with my athletes before because I'll have women that look at my videos sometimes and are like that's phenomenal for you but I can't do that and I and I'm like yes you can yet you just you telling yourself that is setting yourself up for failure yes you can if you have a body you have the ability to move it in an athletic manner being an athlete is more of a mindset than anything else. I always like to say, if you're just going in the gym and you're exercising to burn a certain amount of calories and check a box, that's not how an athlete operates. An athlete operates knowing that, okay, I'm competing against the version of myself I was yesterday. I'm competing against those benchmark numbers that I set for myself day one of my program. I'm doing this because I want to get better. I'm training these specific movement patterns because I want to be able to move more freely. I want to be able to create longevity. It's more of a mindset committing to getting better every single day rather than going into the gym and exercising to check a box. That's the big difference. The difference between training and just exercising. And Amy and I know firsthand from our own experience and also just talking to our audience and I'm a registered dietitian working with people that sometimes exercise addiction, even if it's not about the calories and shrinking yourself, but maybe it is about the performance and the, you know, hitting those benchmark numbers. People can become just as obsessive 
aggressive about those numbers. Is that something that you've experienced or some of your athletes have? And if so, how do we kind of come back to the emotional strength that we're cultivating when we're at the gym and when we're not? Yeah, I think, you know, the longer you're in the game training that way, you know, you're it's a lot of diminishing returns. So the first couple weeks, you might improve your strength by, you know, 50, 40%. But the longer you're doing it, those increases are going to get smaller and smaller. So for me, someone who's really been really training, training for four or five years now, my increases are definitely small. So yes, there is frustration when I'm not seeing those numbers go up on my squat or my deadlift like I used to. But the main thing I'll always say, because you can turn anything into an obsessive behavior, anything that's deemed healthy, quote unquote, can turn into something that is unhealthy with the wrong mindset. But what I like to remind people of is, you know what, you don't have to do this today. You get to do this today. If you have the mindset of leading with gratitude first, it really helps put things in perspective. And it really helps you understand that, okay, maybe I didn't hit this number that I wanted to hit today. Maybe something isn't going my way today, but you know, I woke up today. I got to walk to the gym on my own, of my own free will. I'm extremely fortunate. How do you meet people sometimes where they need to be met when it comes to having compassion for themselves if if they're not quite that athlete every day? Uh, first of all, I'm loving that now I can call myself an athlete <laughs> simply because I move my body. But for me, that might be having a dance party with my kids in the kitchen. Like that's me celebrating and moving my body that day. It might not be that I make it quite there yet to deadlift as much as I need to. So how do you encourage people that might be stuck and wrapped around trying to constantly achieve, achieve, achieve? Yeah, I I, I think when in the manner of meeting people where they're at, you have to understand that everybody needs a different style and of movement. And each day is going to look different for what each person needs. If I was sitting here and telling you that I feel like going into the gym and going hard combine style training every single day, that's, that's just not the case. Some days, you know, I might need a hot yoga flow or I might need a dance session with my godson, you know, that like that, a hundred percent can be acceptable forms of movement because at the end of the day, going back to what I said, we're celebrating what our body is able to do. And if that for you that day is just having that dance party and feeling positive about that, you know, that that's a step in the right direction. That's not something that you should, you know, be ashamed of in any way. I, I always have this tough love approach and I feel like it comes off kind of tough love, but at the end of the day, it is coming from a loving place and always you have to give yourself grace when you need it. Everybody's needs are going to look different. And as long as you're doing your best to meet those needs for yourself, that, that is a step in the right direction, hundred percent. And I know you have the do it for you mentality when it comes to fitness. Is that the do it for you mentality, what you just described, or does it go a little bit further? That is part of it. I would say taking that a step further is that anytime, especially busy moms, you know, I've seen my mom struggle with this. I've seen, you know, the moms in my life struggle with filling their cup first. You know, a lot of times it is, what do my kids need? What did my husband need? What? And I feel bad even talking about this because I'm not a mom, obviously, but you know, for everybody, we all have these things where we feel like we're being pulled in a million different directions. 
And it's important to understand that you cannot be that best mom, that best daughter, that best employee, that best boss, unless you are first taking the time to fill your cup. So when I say you have to do this for you, that kind of is explaining the fact that, yes, I want to be that best version of myself. So I need to do what it takes for me to be the best version of myself for myself so that I can then have that cup runneth over for everybody else in my life. I'm a big subscriber to that notion. And I know I'm not a mom either, but Amy is a, a busy mom and a, a busy everything. Um, Amy, do you do you find that that to be true, especially as you add more things to your plate, that if you don't start with you, whatever that you is of the day, you have nothing to give either? Uh, absolutely. And I've stopped apologizing for it or feeling guilty, whether it's like making sure I try to get eight hours of sleep or making sure that, you know, I have time to go for a walk, catch up with some friends. Sometimes you just get so go, go, go. The sleep has been a big one. Speaking of mind, body, spirit, you're not used to anybody if if you're not getting rest. I feel like society has told us, oh, no, 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 no. You know, you just need to eat right and work out. But there's another component there. We don't even have to do both of those all the time. But what we do need to do all the time is get rest. And so that's one where I can speak specifically to that. I've stopped feeling guilty about making sure that I'm in my bed at a certain time. And heck yeah, I'm going to get a lot of sleep. And I used to feel guilty about that. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I should be up until 11 midnight working, getting extra things done. Like making, I mean, no. And then waking up extra early to get that workout in. Meanwhile, messing with your hormones and all of that. Exactly. Danielle, I think you could speak to that part a little bit more especially as an athlete turned coach. I think what a lot of people that perhaps don't go through the rigorous life training that you've been through miss when they turn to fitness is the importance of rest, not just rest because you need it for your mental health, but Mm -hmm. to also meet your physical goals for recovery, to be able to show up with power the next day or the next day or in three days. So what is the importance of rest days and how can we really remember that when we want to kind of just keep pushing a little bit too hard? One thing that I'm always talking to my athletes about is that rest is just as much a part of the process as those active days. If you are not let allowing your body to recover after you've broken down those muscles, if you're not allowing those muscles to rebuild and replenish, you're actually doing more harm than good. Like overtraining is a real thing. And there's one mindset that I can't stand every time I see it. It's like a buzzword in it. It just makes me mad every time I see no days off. I'm like, absolutely, we need days off. Like, don't tell people that. This is a rest day for me today. Because I know that people are, especially if they're signing up for a training program, they're, they're all going all in on something, they're gonna probably try to go seven days a week or they're gonna try to go six days a week. So what I do is to try to make them combat that is I'll program a mobility day. I'll program a rest day. I'll program something that is going to make them take the speed down. And that's going to make them, you know, just do something, but is going to like feel good. And it's not going to be as intense. I definitely think that, you know, high intensity interval training is another like buzzword these days, but 
you should not be doing high intensity interval training every single day. Um, that is not a good way to upkeep your muscles. That doesn't sustain a, a activity for a lifestyle. Um, so you absolutely have to have those days to rest. Um, if you're not sleeping while your muscles aren't recovering, you're going to have brain fog. That is just going to, your mood's going to be off. You're not going to get the same endorphins that you would from a well-rested workout. Um, it's just going to throw, and you're just not, again, you're not going to be your best self for any other aspect or area of your life. So absolutely. I love hearing you say, I don't feel guilty about that because that's something I have to remind myself of too. Social media, you know, it's 24 seven. So I'm, I've really been trying my best to turn my phone off or turn, turn off my brain really about an hour before bed, just so I can actually get that well rested sleep so I can wake up and show up to be my best the next day. You're definitely right. I'm a big fan of time blocking, not being on your phone for social media. I'm even right now on a very long Instagram break. I think it's been like five weeks or so, (laughs) but it, it's, it has allowed me to rest in a different type of way and check in with my body's needs without any sort of, obviously there's noise all the time, but without that infiltrative noise of the wellness industry, which can sometimes be loud. But there was one word that you said that I just want to pick up on before we wrap up, which is you said for a lifestyle. And I think we can go a little bit further to say that this is about moving your body so that you can move it for a lifetime. And when we outrun our bodies, our bodies outrun us. It's not just about your muscles. It's about your joints and all these different things that allow us to keep going. And I think too often, I won't say the name of the program, but my brother used to do this fitness program that was 90 days straight. And while he was on day, you know, 30, 45, 60, it was all about, I'm so strong. I'm so whatever. And then day 90, you know, it was over and it was three more months or maybe six months or maybe even a year till he did it again. There's something about slow, steady, making it a sustainable thing that feels good for you that can kind of get lost when you jump into the fitness shuffle and don't prioritize rest. Right. Yeah. I I think any program that you start there, if you look and you don't see a rest day in there, if you look and you don't see a recovery day or something like that, I would say that they are, are being irresponsible with your body. And that is something that, you know, you kind of need to be your own captain in that sense and say, okay, now that I know that rest is this important, I'm going to make that a priority. It's really about making that a priority so you can stay in the game for a lifetime. That's that's the beauty of functional strength training. You know, step ups, things like that. We're training movement patterns. We're we're keeping you walking up the stairs easier. We're keeping you playing with your kids longer. Um, we're keeping you playing with your grandkids, chasing your grandkids around. Like that's what we're training for. We don't want to burn out in our 20s and our 30s. Um, I want you in your 70s ready to go. I love that. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for sharing your strength with us, your uh, mental, <laughs> emotional, and physical strength with us. And for, you know, giving me a new title to add to my Instagram bio. Both of us. Athlete. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You, you two are athletes. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. Thanks, Danielle, for being here. We'll put Danielle's information in our show notes below, and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 
My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.